Hello and welcome to episode 128 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Matt. Hello. Brody. Hello. And James. Whoa. I mean, hello. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. Hey, uh, Matt, you've been playing some of this um, God of War Messenger game. I saw you uh, tweeting about that earlier today. Um, how's that been going? It's really frustrating. <laughs> How so? Um, well, you try and push boundaries because it's basically like, you know, the old school text adventure games you used to play on PC and stuff. Um, and you try and push boundaries as much as you can, uh, but there gets to a certain point where, you know, you just can't. And I thought I'd test the limits because it says that you need certain ingredients to make a, a salve. And so I'm like, you know what, let's see if any of it's in the house. So I tried, you know, picking up uh, one of the items and it kept uh-huh. saying, you have to pick it up first. So I'm like, okay, pick it up. It's like, you have to pick it up first. And <laughs> eventually, like, I know it's not going to respond to my responses unless they're part of the, the um, you know, the program text. But it was, sure. the, the results were pretty funny. Um, at one point, I told... I told it to shoot an arrow at my mother, and it said, your mother is too far away to hit with an arrow. Oh, wow. So, that could potentially be dark. Yeah, it sounds so, it. Yeah. I do struggle with those text adventure games. I've tried to play a few in my time, but, uh, like, it's just... Yeah, trying to find the exact phrasing that the game requires can sometimes be a bit a bit picky. Um, but I might have to go and check that out. Anyhow, on the show this week, we're going to be discussing Red Dead Redemption, uh, Mario, and Crash Bandicoot, of course. But first, let's talk some Star Wars because uh, it was a really big week for uh, for Star Wars. Um, we got a new solo trailer, uh, and there was some um, news about the Game of Thrones creators writing and producing a new series. Uh, Brody, I forget, are you much of a big Star Wars fan? Does this news excite you much? I would consider myself a bit of a Star Wars fan, but at the moment I'm getting a bit Star wars out, to be honest. Mm. Like... Like uh, I, I'm not Solo is not even out yet, and it, it's 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 a great trailer and everything, but I don't really have much interest in that movie. Yeah, and like and like outside of like the, well, I guess they're calling it like the the last Skywalker trilogy or whatever with Ray and Kylo and Luke and all that business. Sure. I don't really have much interest in the expanded universe of Star Wars, so. To hear the Game of Thrones dudes, the D and D, are doing a series doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Nor does Ryan Johnson's extended trilogy. And like, I think there's like eight movies that are announced mm. that are still coming in like the next handful of years. So, yeah, I think it's I don't know. It's getting a bit much for me. I think. Yeah, but they're still like, sort of committing to one a year. Jameis, where do you come down on Solo? Are you excited for that? I have absolutely no interest in it. I'll watch it. Right. Because I feel like I have to, but uh-huh. I don't know. It's just the thing with these like kind of in between movies. They just feel like stories didn't really need to be told, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of felt the same way about Rogue One. I hope I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I don't know. I just didn't think we needed to know any of that stuff. Um, I agree. And of course, the, and like I know it's quite naive for me to say they're making them for anything other than money but I don't know it just seems kind of just leave it to like the big massive cool like overarching trilogy kind of stories like, yeah and part of the charm of Star Wars I think is is the mystery and sort of not knowing specifics about everyone's backstory I think has always been quite quite interesting um, but like, Matt do you to, to Brody's point do you sort of feel like we're hitting saturation point with Star Wars is there just too much now 
I I feel like if it's gonna be once a year, uh, it's gonna get real boring real quick because, um, I don't know. Like I feel like a lot of the stories they're trying to tell would work better in a short form series. So I mean, like mm. you could do like if you're gonna do origin stories and stuff, um, you could potentially you know have a TV show based you know in the in the past or something like that. Um, yeah. which would allow you to explore the universe a lot better rather than just this sort of set movie kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I would prefer it if they just kind of, like, went out and did it and then suddenly surprised people with it. Kind of, like, not as not as much as the Cloverfield thing, but more of, a, more of a just, like, instead of telling us, oh, there's another Star Wars movie coming... There's another Star Wars movie coming. Hey, guys, there's another one coming. It's like, all right, you're starting to just bore us now. It's like you haven't even finished the current trilogy that you're trying to tell. And instead, all you're doing is just forcing more and more and more and more in our faces. And it's really getting, you know, it's it's getting beyond ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, well, as as you guys know, like, I'm a big, big Star Wars fan. And um, Mm. and even, like, even... I don't know. I'm really excited about. I think like um, I'm forgetting the names of these these creators like David Benioff and I think it's like DB Weiss or something like that. I'm really excited yeah. for them to kind of come on board just because I love Game of Thrones so much and I really respect their writing ability. Um, so I'm really curious to see what they'll do. I think I'm more curious, more excited for that than I am Ryan Johnson's um, trilogy outside of like the Skywalker saga or whatever they're calling it now. Um, just because I was a little sort of underwhelmed by The Last Jedi, I think. But I really did love Rogue One. Um, I'm excited for Solo. I thought the trailer looked good. I might just be more excited for it just because I think Donald Glover's Lando is just such a like match made in heaven. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still... I, I'm, I'm not kind of over Star Wars yet, I don't think. I'm trying to think like back to Marvel. And we've had Marvel films, you know, twice a year now for a while. And I'm still not sick of those. Like, I'm still excited for Black Panther. I'm still excited for Infinity War. Um, and Star Wars is, like, a more of an important property to me than anything that Marvel's ever done. So um, I think, for like, considering those reasons, I have enough faith in Disney that I will continue to enjoy the Star Wars movies. But I do feel your, uh, your apprehension. I'm going to bring up, like, my, my bitterness towards Disney right now. Um, and this, this is, I think this is, this is a general thing is like Disney, Disney is basically one of the biggest studios in the world. If not, you know, the biggest, you know, you could argue. Uh Um, and I feel like Disney's at a point where the fact that they own so many of the larger franchises, uh, it really stumps their own sort of development because I mean, if you look, uh, you know, at the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s, the amount of content they produced, like, it was a bit all over the place, but it was actually really cool to see that they were doing things that people, you know, like, in the modern day, you know, you just don't see Disney doing. Um, and I think it's problematic that everything that they're doing is basically either a Star Wars film, a Marvel film, or a, a live-action rehash of an animated classic and so you're getting you like you're getting a lot of titles left behind a lot of things left behind that was kind of snowballed from when they tried a new ip with tomorrowland so tomorrowland came out and it didn't do anywhere near what they hoped it would do uh and i think it was a pretty average film too i never saw it Mm. um but basically that that 
to them was the nail in the coffin of, oh, we're going to not do anything sort of new and exciting. It's just going to be consistent, you know, basically just consistent content from the three main franchises. Um, and I think my biggest bit of my big, the, the, the biggest thing that brings up the bitterness is the fact that the other night Tron legacy was on and this was, this is basically, it was prior to, uh, you know, Disney buying star Wars and Disney owning, you know, buying out Marvel and everything. Sure. And that movie made bank. Like it cost them a fair bit to make. It made a lot more back. Uh, and there was talk of, you know, making a sequel. They made a t- like a kid's TV show as a spin-off and everything, um, which I think kind of didn't really work because it didn't, you know, like kids weren't enough in, you know, interested enough in Tron. So if you, if you had done it something a bit more similar to like a Netflix series or something, it might have worked. But mm-hmm. basically after Tomorrowland, they said, you know, they said, ah, oh, that's it. We're not going to, you know, we're going to abandon everything else. And so now you're only there for the main three. Tron had a sequel that was, you know, sort of in the works. And basically they've left that by the wayside. That's basically dead. Um, And I feel like, yeah, like, yes, I'm a little bitter over just like a single movie franchise. But I feel like (laughs) it represents Disney as a bigger whole in that, you know, that's all all they're willing to do now is just like, let's do, let's do one of the main three. You yeah, know, I, I get that. I mean, let's do another Pirates of the Caribbean sequel. Yeah, so. I, I get that. Like, filmmaking is expensive, and for that, like, there's a, an element of risk involved that you've you've got to make sure you're going to get your money back via ticket sales at the end of the day. And for that reason, it's sort of you, you're sort of apprehensive to take anything anything that could yeah, be a risk. Disney. Yeah, they're I get Disney. that. I mean, like, they 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 literally can print money. Um, and if, if and Tomorrowland what... is the only thing that's burned them, then uh-huh. they've got bigger problems because they are raking it in left, right, and center. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that um, it doesn't quite get so dreary as uh, as you suggested there. I, I hope that they can sort of make significant cash off, like, Marvel and, and Star Wars and start using a bit of that to fund kind of more more sort of art house films. I don't know, it's very, I can't imagine Disney doing anything particularly art house, but... Like, now that they've acquired Fox and they've acquired, I think it's, like, New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema often sort of bankrolls quite interesting sort of original content. So, hopefully, they continue to allow something like that to exist within their studio. Um, but I understand. I understand your apprehension. I think it's just good for the industry as a whole, for for movies to still be turning profit. Like, if we consider everything that... All the, all the threat that, like, YouTube and TV and streaming on Netflix and stuff poses now to to like cinema going the threat that that poses to cinema going i think it's important that we can still have these big blockbuster releases and get people interested in going to the cinema and hopefully that means they'll be prepared to go and see you know the the likes of shape of water that you know glamour tiltler has kind of racked up 13 nominations for now um i kind of hope that that the two can exist alongside like we see in the video game space i guess right like we've got these major sort of tentpole triple a titles but then these indie games too and and ea you know were using some of those big profits to fund stuff like unravel and ubisoft did like child of light and whatnot i'm hoping hoping we can see a similar sort of balance in in hollywood um but i realize that might be a bit optimistic and and you might very well be right matt 
Anyhow, got more movies to discuss. Uh, Nintendo has announced that they'll be working with Illumination, the creators of Despicable Me and Minions, to create a brand new animated Mario movie. James, I can imagine you're a big Despicable Me and Minions fan. Are you excited for a Mario movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I knew, obviously, you weren't going to be. <laughs> no. Um, Jesus. Um, nah, I, I think... I, I think it's cool that... You know, people are like, why don't they do Pixar? And it's like, well, I don't know if it's that kind. That's their kind of thing, you know. Mm, yeah. I, I, I don't. This news doesn't really excite me in any way, un, unless it comes out and it's really good. Like, mm. I don't know. I've never really done anything. I've never really done anything Mario beyond the games. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I've never watched the cartoons. I've never really done much beyond just playing the games. And even then, I didn't really do that until Galaxy came out. So. I don't know. Right. I think guess it's cool. What about yourself, Brody? You excited for a Mario movie? Uh, not an animated one, I don't think. No. I mean, no. I'll be honest. As a kid, I really, really liked the Bob Hoskins one. Oh, like, right. as, what? as dumb as it was, <laughs> as dumb as it was, as nonsense as it was, and as little, uh, like, sort of coherence that it had in relation to the actual Mario games and the universe and all that sort of stuff... It was just a dumb, fun movie, and how could you not like John Leguizamo or whatever his name is as Luigi? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there needs to be a Mario movie, to be honest. Like, does there need to be one? Probably not. No. But, I mean, if it's if it's going to, I guess, open Mario up to a bigger audience, not that he needs one, then why not go with the, the Minions dudes? They are... Uh, you know, they make yeah. some cute little characters. I think it's just yeah, and I think like the first couple of Despicable Me movies were good. I didn't bother with Minions. I thought Minions were just sort of an- annoying, um, as I think we maybe all agree on there. But uh, the first Despicable Me movie was quite good. What well, can you sort of de- see them doing story-wise with this, Matt? Is it going to be sort of a simple uh, Peaches in another castle kind of story, or can you see them doing a little bit more with it? I feel that'd be problematic in this day and age because everyone's fighting for equal rights and everything. So, mm. um, you know, damsel in distress storylines a bit tired, yeah, huh? It it'd be kind of interesting to see what they can do that's a little different and everything. Um, going going back to what Brody was saying, I uh, like I know that there's actually a significant outcry on the internet that they want John Leguizamo to go back and voice Luigi. Um, <laughs> which I think would be great. And then, like, maybe they should, uh, you know, get someone like Danny DeVito as Mario. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, like, I... Uh, for, for those of you playing at home, if you actually search on YouTube uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, it's on YouTube in its entirety. Um, oh. I spent, spent uh, two hours or an hour and a half or whatever it was watching it recently. Um, it is as bad as you remember. Um, I, but I remember also being quite obsessed with it to the point where I remember borrowing the novelization of the movie from my school library and reading that too. So, um, yeah, look, I, I don't think Mario, yeah, I'm pretty sure everything that I want to say has already been said. Don't think Mario needs a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, I mean, when, when has that ever benefited something for the better? that it needed a movie. I think it mm. just I think it just like opens the brand up to people who might not play games and maybe they'll, you know, go on to play something. I don't know. 
feel like maybe because a lot of people like I'm sure want like a minions game <laughs> like you know yeah um mm. I don't but you know. <laughs> and, and even it, it even might uh, open it up to like more casual people who might like then see say Mario run on their smartphone and then be like oh that's that guy from the movie I wonder what mm. this game's about yeah I think it's interesting I think the only thing that's quite interesting is Nintendo's getting really like loose. I don't know if that's the right word with their with their brands. Like usually they were very like locked uh-huh. down with any licensing and stuff, but this is kind of interesting. So yeah, I think it's quite a nice change of change of attitude from Nintendo to sort of really kind of get stuff out there and and push the boundaries. We've seen that as well with news this week that um, Mario Kart is coming to smartphones. It's to be released in the fiscal year between April 2018 and March 2019. So a bit of a weird window to give. Um, but I suppose that sort of represents that sort of shift as well. The fact that we now have all these all these Nintendo games coming to smartphones, existing outside of their platforms. Um, they seem to sort of be using their properties a bit more liberally liberally nowadays. Um, do you see yourself playing a Mario Kart game on your phone, Matt? Uh, I I rarely game on my phone at all. Yeah. Um, purely because like one battery life is sacred. Um, mm. to, I don't have that amount of time to concentrate on a game. Like, mm. you know, that's social media is a quick bust it out, have a look and then, you know, stick it back in your pocket. Um, and three, I own a switch. So I was going like, to say, yeah, if I, if I want to, if I want to play Mario Kart, I'll play it on the switch because at least I can sit. Like if I'm going to be playing Mario Kart, I'm going to be sitting down to play it or you know do something like that or play it on i don't know public transport um and if i'm taking public transport then i'm gonna have my switch um you know i guess it'll benefit everyone who doesn't want to buy a console but you know like personally i have those avenues covered so i think you know they'll definitely capture a market the same way with pokemon go as even people who never played pokemon before were getting into pokemon go uh-huh. Um, so it'll capture a market of people that don't have consoles or don't want to own a console but still want to play. Um, mm-hmm. And being free to start is going to be interesting because it'll be, you know, um, it'll be good to see exactly how Nintendo monetizes it without, you know, breaking the bank. So, yeah. 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 Do you think it's a bit odd as well, Brody, that they've, they're not sort of keeping these portable experiences exclusive to the switch and driving people there you were talking before about about playing celeste on uh, on your switch prior to the show started you were talking about that um mm-hmm. can is, is like the switch just going to be your go-to sort of portable device can you ever sort of see yourself putting yeah. that aside to play something on your phone <clears throat> no I, I think i agree pretty much with matt um mm-hmm. like before i before i bought my switch possibly but again i'm the same where I rarely ever take public transport. Like, I'm always, like, sort of on my feet at work, so I don't really get any downtime to play anything, especially. Yeah. Like, even if, I, even if I went to, you know, to the toilet or something, I probably wouldn't pull my phone out to play Mario Kart. I'd be checking socials or something, so... Sure. Uh, um, look, it's, it's probably not for me, but, like, as we said, it's all about sort of, like, opening the brand up and getting more people involved, so... Uh-huh. Uh, there's there's probably only a few people left that haven't bought a Switch because it's doing pretty well from what I hear. Yeah. But um, yeah. So if it gets them involved, and then it might have the you know the run on effect where they want to play the the ultimate version of Mario Kart on the Switch, and then mm-hmm. uh, so it's all just good work. I think it's that makes um, sense. Yeah. I mean, it's just I think they're just trying to, and it would have wouldn't have been a huge investment. I don't think like it wouldn't have been a big 
time sync or development sync trying to get Mario Kart onto a phone, I wouldn't have thought. No. So it's probably just a reskin of something, I don't know, but I'm sure it's little effort for potentially good payoff, I guess, in the end. Yeah. Well, we shall see sometime in the next fiscal year. But speaking of new announcements, it's time for a Crash Bandicoot update. Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, The Insane Trilogy is reportedly coming to PC and Switch. Activision has a five-year plan, which includes a new game. This is all uh, via some reported information that I think came in the way of Eurogamer. Um, James, is Crash Bandicoot officially back? Mm, yes. Yes. Like Definitive easily. answer. I like it. This, you like, know, this is my favorite, know, I, favorite I think, segment. The Crash I Bandicoot update. It, well, yeah. Like, I don't particularly care for Crash as much as everyone else does, but I think to say uh-huh. it's, it's not back is like so deluded. Like it sold so much. Almost swore so much last <laughs> year. Like I don't know. It it doesn't shock me that you know they want to do more with it because it went nuts. Like, I, yeah. I think it was the top selling of last year, was it? Or not? I think it was the second highest top selling game. Behind COD? I can't maybe? I think, I can't, I can't yeah, remember, I can't remember what was top, but I feel like it was second. Yeah, I think but, it was COD. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's not a surprise at all. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about, you know, the other kind of PlayStation nostalgia franchises. But Yeah, I wondered if it was going to sort of start a wave and would we see, like, Spyro sort of getting an insane trilogy sort of treatment or, as well. Like I'm the, still yeah. hanging out hope hey, for that. Medieval or like Ape Escape before... for James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 good one. I think um, is, uh, is um, Shannon not a big Ape Escape fan as well? I think he's uh, hanging out for that one. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's like definitely back, hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's got. I, I can yeah. say for a fact it's got a lot of people back into gaming as well, which is kind of nuts. Mm. Yeah, I, like I remember, I, I have like this memory of because I was very very young when Crash came out. Um, I have this memory of like my mum and my auntie sitting there and playing Crash and um, being back in the UK I've been spending some time with my auntie and I brought my Playstation over with me in Crash and Insane Trilogy and she sort of really quite enjoyed kind of playing that again and she probably hasn't played the game in, a, in quite a while but taking picking up the controller and playing Crash Bandicoot again was, was quite nice to see because um, it obviously has been such a long time but uh, yeah I suspect we will be seeing plenty, plenty more of Crash and I am dead excited about that um, but speaking of more popular stuff, uh, Red Redemption 2 will, according to Trusted Reviews, feature an online Battle Royale multiplayer component, of course, as well as an online functionality similar to GTA Online. Uh, Matt, is everything just going to be Battle Royale related now? Is this the world we live in? Yep. Brody, you agree? <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> J- James, do we have another yes out of you? I don't, I don't think it will be, but that's now I feel like I have to say yes. <laughs> do it for comedy, James. Yeah, yes. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Applause. Uh, do you think it? Do you think it suits Red Dead though? Like, can you? Does it sort of suit that that tone of game? I think it works quite well for Fortnite, but I don't what know. Is it, what does it mean by battle royale? Are they, are well, it's just like a hundred like, people kind of like, dropped like, into a map like, and yeah, the last like person surviving. I'm I'm thinking if it's like PUBG or whatever, then yeah, like it it would kind of work though, because I mean you watch those you know Western movies and even the takes on Western movies where everyone's kind of like hiding and fight, you know, gunfighting and everything, mm. um, you know, in 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 a in a small Western town or whatever, that'd actually be pretty sick because you know you'd be running around, you'd you'd be trying to dodge bullets and and you know take shots at everyone else, and yeah. I mean like 
if it was if it was quick fire if it wasn't if there wasn't like a you know an, a long time limit like a 20 minute limit or whatever it was say like you know five minutes per round or 10 minutes per round or something something quick and everything you know like um last man standing kind of thing i think that'd be cool so i could even go like a really big 50 on 50 like cowboys and indians sort of thing oh yeah. I like I that idea. For something like that. Yeah, they have tried um, like fifty feet. I've been playing a lot of Fortnite recently, um, the battle royale in Fortnite, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I've not been able to play much PUBG because it doesn't run so well with my laptop. So I'll need to give that more of a go in earnest when I get back to my desktop. Um, Fortnite but, uh, is like completely a different game from when it like launched, isn't it? Like I, I, when yeah. it first came out, like I paid like fifty bucks for like the founders pack. Sure, and and it was like just a weird sort of like build them sort of tower defensey sort of thing. Yeah, but that's uh-huh. like but a now, separate but, mode. Yeah, I was to say now yeah. like battle the battle royale side of it's just taken off, and it's like pretty much what it's advertised as now. Yeah, like yeah. it's like the other po- portion of the game is just like gone way in the background. Yeah, I've heard from just sort of like firsthand from chatting to people. I've not I've not played that component of the game. I've only played the battle royale component. Um, but I've mm. heard like the save the world feature is is quite good too um so i might need to give yeah, that a blast, I it wasn't but, too bad yeah i've but I've, I've really been enjoying the battle royale and it's amazing how popular it's become like i think it really is sort of rival, or maybe not rivaling but getting quite close to uh to challenging um uh pub in terms of you know how well like let's plays perform on youtube and and how popular streams are and that sort of thing um just I'll say it's going to be interesting with this Red Dead Battle Royale thing, uh-huh. whether uh, like because uh, they've announced today that GDA Online or whatever was like their number one. Oh, I can't remember what it was. I'm not even going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But like GDA Online was like the main cause for like recurring consumer payments and all that sort of thing, like microtransactions and everything. Uh-huh. Like, like well, that it was certainly like that. makes a good business like, case than, yeah, than that. Like, yeah. uh, it's worked very well for GTA Online. I can't imagine how yeah. much money they've made off the microtransactions in the online yeah, component, it, it, let alone the their, game sales themselves. It's been their main course of income, I think they've said, or something like that. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that exactly plays in with the Battle Royale on uh, Red Dead, because it, yeah. most, it most certainly will. I just hope it doesn't sort of... Like, how does uh, Fortnite work? Is that pay to win at all, or...? Uh, no, not really. Not in my experience. Um, I mean, the the loot is kind of random every time you go in. So what kind of guns you have is really sort of just dependent on what you're able to find in the, the game world. Um, yeah. So the only sort of, like, uh, purchases you can make are sort of, like, uh, different skins and XP boosts and stuff like mm. that. But the XP boosts are only really kind of pushing up levels to unlock more sort of stuff, I think. Um, I th- so it seems purely kind of cosmetic, I think. Because I think in GDI Online, I think you can sort of buy things like with your in-game cash. Yeah. Like you can you can buy like weapons and bigger vehicles and stuff like that. So I, uh-huh. I don't know if that's necessarily balanced. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about GDI Online to. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not so strictly speaking like a battle royale sort of component in GTA though. There is a, like uh, like last man sort of standing sort of stuff, but I don't think like your uh, in-game purchases really play into that all that much. But you know, a rock star know what they're doing. I think they'll balance it quite well. I'm kind of excited. Like just, uh, just having really enjoyed kind of Fortnite over the last few weeks and also, um, I'm sort of on the battle royale bandwagon. I think and kind of excited to see what they'll they'll do with it with Red Dead. Um, just because obviously there is like a lot of uh developer pedigree sort of backing it behind it, and I assume we'll get a less buggy experience than uh 
than PUBG seems to be on, on Xbox at the moment. Um, but speaking of gaming-related chaos, final news piece of the day. Uh, you may have seen it in Japan, but Mario Kart Go-Karting is coming to Australia. It's called Mushroom Racing, and will be coming to both Melbourne and Sydney for a limited time, at least initially. Uh, racers will be able to pick up custom uh, customers... Racers were able to pick up costumes for their favorite character, sorry, and race around Melbourne and Sydney in go-karts in order to collect stars and win prizes. Uh, Matt, did you give this a go when you were in Japan? I didn't, but I saw it in basically every major city. Um, right. Which then led me to think, oh, maybe I should give it a shot, but then I realized that uh, I don't have my um, international license, which I'm pretty sure you needed at the time. Right. Um, I, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I have a feeling that was one of the requirements um, after looking it up. Mm. Um, no, I did I did see it. It looked pretty cool. Um, I don't know how it's going to work here, considering in Japan um, the roads are a lot less occupied by uh, you know, the general population because... <laughs> You know, tra- transport, um, yeah, public transport, bicycles, walking, etc., is is a lot, you know, a lot more common, um, mm-hmm. and the roads are occupied a lot more by sort of taxis and and um, you know, transport vehicles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, having seen that, like when it was on the streets of Japan, it did look pretty sick. I mean, I took a photo of a couple of guys, you know, doing it. And there were people dressed up as Mario, Luigi, and like Peach and everything. Yeah. Um, so look, I would be keen to try it, providing that they can, you know, get a safe enough route and stuff here, and providing sure. that it's cheap because uh, there it's actually like relatively cheap. But I reckon that when it comes here, it's going to cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, that Australia tax. Yeah, and I suppose the last thing is, um, I think Nintendo were pursuing legal action against the people against the operators in Japan. So unless they find a way to not make it, you know, look like it's licensed by Nintendo, which is going to be pretty difficult. Mm. um, I'll wait. We'll wait and see how it goes. So yeah, Uh, Brody, do you think we can trust Australians to be sensible Mario Kart races? Absolutely not. (laughs) I wouldn't have thought so. I I, I can see this being chaos. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Uh, like the roads in Melbourne are, are bad enough, but in Sydney they are mental. I can't imagine like a bunch of Aussies like surely, driving surely around the sh- Surely I won't share a road with any actual like used highway, not highways, obviously, but like used no. city streets. Well, that's how like it works that. in Japan, if I'm not mistaken. They just say, sort of drive I, I, on. I go ballistic. They, they, drive when on the, they drive on the roads, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I go ballistic whenever, like, I have to deal with cyclists. If I have to deal with, like, some dude <laughs> d- dressed up as Yoshi, I'll go I'll go spare and I'll just run him over. So, there's a lot of road rage in this country. I don't yeah, think I, do. I don't. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> it will be interesting to see. Uh, James, do you reckon you're going to give it a go? If I am on the other side of the country, maybe... <laughs> But, um, <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. Forgetting you're not in the east, in the east and they're like the rest of us. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be a fun press start thing to do. Like when we're over for PAX, PAX or something. Or something. Probably PAX is the wrong time to go. But when we're all together for whatever reason, these, we should we'll go as sh- like a press start. We'll get team. Shannon to tear it up. Are these like held in their own thing, or is it on real roads? <laughs> I don't know if we know yet. Right. I'm just well, sort of yeah, working on the assumption that it would be the same as the Japanese one, but I there's a. Good yeah. chance it won't be. I wouldn't do it if it was I... on real roads. Like, I'd probably get hit by a tram or something, but, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I would enjoy it it's if right. it was on its own thing. 
Mm. Haven't you seen what happens in Toad's, uh, in Toad's Turnpike? All you do is like fly up in the air and then like you know come back down on the ground. You'd be fine. definitely how it works. And yeah. the problem with Melbourne, of course, as well as the traffic, like you're just going to be sat stationary in your go kart for quite a while. I and it's not so much you know, it's not so much having to worry about running over banana peels either. It's like you know like rubbish <laughs> and 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 needles and things like this. So. Those hook turns, are, I just don't get them either. So. I don't think anyone gets them. Hook turns are just a bad idea. Oh, well, that makes I just take better. three lefts let's, and that let's does the job. Not, let's not argue here because I will take like, three lefts. you on hook turns. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Alright, well, let's uh, let's uh, avoid that and uh, start What the Wiki then, shall we? Uh, reminder that What the Wiki is the Starcast game show where the hosts read parts of a Wikipedia page from an undone game and you, the contestants, must guess the game you can play along at home. Uh, as the official What the Wiki scorekeeper at Jamie Penning over on Twitter reminds us, there's yet to be a game this season, making this the first <laughs> game of the season. Uh, so everyone's reset on zero points. Um, but what better way to kick off this season by pinning off last year's two uh, top players, I guess. Brody, you took a, you took the title last season, but Matt was pretty close behind. And James, have you yet to play What the Wiki? Have you never been on an episode where we've played it? If I did, I blocked it out. But yeah, Right, okay. I, I, I thought sure. everyone had given it a crack by now, but... No, I'm pretty sure I haven't. Obviously, my memory's suffering. Anyhow, let's get this season off on the go. I'm going to have to pull up my games list. Uh, where is it? There's the tab. Alright, contestants, are we ready? Cited as an influential title in the video game industry and one of the greatest games of all time, the game is often regarded as an important example of video game as art due to its minimalist landscape designs, immersive gameplay, and emotional journey. Uh, Who was that, sorry? James? I don't know how to play. Is that, do I just say my name? Yep. Yeah, you just say your name, that's the buzzer. (laughs) Um, Journey? Uh, it's not Journey, no. Oh. I will continue reading, so it's open to Brody and Matt still. Damn it. Uh, it received wide critical acclaim by the media and was met by with strong sales compared to its spiritual predecessor, due in part to a larger marketing campaign. The soundtrack was also widely praised. The game won several awards for its audio design and overall quality. The game is also referenced numerous times in debates regarding the art quality and Matt. emotional perspectives of video games. Matt? It's not, uh... No, it probably isn't. Uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's not Ocarina of Time either. I've got one more paragraph. Uh, so, Brody, you've got a chance still to take the points here. If Brody guesses incorrectly, it opens back up all to everyone, but I'll continue Ooh. reading for now. Uh, progression through the game occurs in cycles. Beginning at a central point is an expansive landscape. The player seeks out and defeats a colossus and is then returned to the Brody. central point. <laughs> Brody. Is it Shadow of the Colossus? It is Shadow of the Colossus. You picked well, up on the keyword there. I was thinking a platformer for some reason. Right, okay. I uh, I loved how flowery that sort of opening paragraph was on Wikipedia. Really uh, really boosts the ego of that game, I think. But uh, I, I don't yeah, know. I've, I was, I've I was, not I was actually played like, Shadow of the Colossus, so it could well all be true. My mind went to Braid for some reason. Braid? Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Way off. That's yeah. That's obscure. I uh, you Bro, know you I try I try and keep that. them topical. I try and keep them topical. Remember. Oh, uh, so sh- that's right. You do. Yeah. Shadow of the Colossus was uh, obviously in the news this week with its uh, with its with it coming out and the review embargo lifting. Um, I forget what we gave it actually. Can you remember the score for it? We Nine. It- Nine. Yeah, I was gonna say that it was, did very very well. Yeah. Um, gonna have to play it. I've never played Shadow of <laughs> the Colossus, and this remaster sounds like the perfect opportunity. Anyhow, game number two. Are we ready? Oh, there's more. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, it's the best of, well, in this first case. Two. 
first to two, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, the game, you know, in the game, players assume the role of an unseen summoner that controls a champion with unique abilities and battle against a team of other players or computer-controlled champions. Brody, for the oh, for the win. No. This is not going to be right. Um, spite. Ah, uh, smite. <laughs> it's not know. smite, no. No. Okay. So, uh, James Matt scores uh, open here. The goal is usually to destroy the opposing team's nexus, a structure which lies at the heart of a base protected by defensive structures, although other distinct game modes exist as well. Each match is discrete, with all champions starting off fairly weak, but increasing in strength by accumulating items and experience over the course of the game. The champions and setting blend a variety of elements, including high fantasy, steampunk, and Lovecraftian horror. Whatever that is. Uh, the game was generally well received upon its release in 2009 and has since grown in popularity with an active and expansive fan base. By July 2012, the game was the most played PC game in North Korea, North America, sorry, uh, and Europe in terms of the number of hours played. Uh, as of January 2014, over 67 million people played the game per month, 27 million per day, and over 7.5 million concurrently during peak hours. The game has among the largest footprints of any game in streaming media communities on platforms such as YouTube and Twitch. It routinely ranks first in the most watched hours. In September 2006, the company estimated that there was over 100 million active players each month. The game's popularity has led it to expand into merchandise with toys, accessories, apparel, as well as tie-ins in other media through music, music videos, web series, documentaries, and books. No guesses? That's all I've got written down. What the fuck? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a punt. Okay. Um except I think it'll be wrong again. It's not League of Legends. It is League of Legends! Well oh. done, Matt. Well done. So uh Ooh. we've got Matt and Brody tied at the moment. Um it's been out that long, bloody hell. Yeah, it's been out for a long time. Yeah, since two thousand nine. Crazy, right? Um but uh that was in the news this week because it was revealed that it was still the most watched game on Twitch. Uh, I think PUBG is in second now, so uh, a bit of a change there. Dota 2 dropped down to third. Um, but Matt and Brody tied, so if either of you get this next one, uh, you will take home the round. And James, if you get this, we'll go into a tiebreaker. But here it is. While being developed in-house by LucasArts, the game was undergoing an integrated development approach that involved Industrial Light and Magic, Lucasfilm Animation, and Skywalker Sound. The game's title was trademarked in May 2012, and the game was announced later that month by LucasArts. The game was officially revealed at E3 2012 the following month. Spike TV broadcast a sneak peek on June 4th that showed exclusive gameplay footage. It was being developed on top of Unreal Engine 3, as shown in the latest developer diary called Descent to the Underworld. The diary video shows the game running in 64-bit mode. James? Oh, I'm scared now. Is it Star Wars 1313? It is Star Wars 1313. Oh, oh we've got oh, ourselves a good gamer. What the wiki here? Oh, <laughs> I knew it was cancelled. That's all I knew because it was LucasArts. Yeah, yeah. So I was there was uh, some. I eventually do say that it was cancelled, but it's quite. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah, it sort of uh, only <sighs> My hinted heart at is that. beating. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tenth game be. of What the Wiki we've had in a while. I've, we've not gone to a tiebreaker in some time, I don't think. I'm like sitting here. Um. Like, <laughs> All right, are we ready for the final game? Anyone's anyone's yes. match at this point? Announced at Sony's E3 2017 conference, the game adopts the series' standard formulas from its older home console roots Matt. and recent... Matt? Please tell me it's God of War. It's not God of War, no. Ah! <laughs> 
Uh, so Brody and James, chances are all yours. Uh, oh, changes luck, made. Cha- changes made in the game include creating environmental spaces that are fully connected and removing the zones that were necessary for the PlayStation 2 and handheld games. More advanced monster artificial intelligence and physics to create seemingly living ecosystems that could be taken advantage of during hunts. A more persistent cooperative Brody? multiplayer experience. Brody. Monster Hunter World? It is Monster Hunter World! Bravo, Ah. Brody! Kicking off the season where you left it by uh, taking home all the points. Uh, Congrats. Dominating all. So uh, early in the season, Brody's off to a a one-point advantage already. Uh, But that was a a competitive What the Wiki game, guys. I'm very, very proud of it. That was a good game. It was. That was a good game. Mm. It was. I tried to. Uh, I tried to make it a little bit harder because I've received some accusations in the past that the games I pick tend to be a little bit easier. But I feel like I Star- hit a good sweet spot there. Star Wars thirteen thirteen. <laughs> that's, that's that's out there. What a loss that game was. Uh, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 128 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at press.com.au. You can also join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. Let us know what you thought about any of today's topics or suggest some future ones for future episodes of the Startcast. I've been your host, Ewan. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Joining us today was Matt. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MVZamari or uh, Instagram at MatthewVZ. Taking home the points in what the wiki was Brody. Thank you. Uh, you can follow me on most socials at Brody underscore DG. And breaking his what the wiki virginity was James. Uh, yeah, I'm just on Twitter at, at James, so it's A-T-J-A-M-Z. Awesome. Thanks all for joining us. Until next time, happy gaming. Bye. 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 Bye.